we are live. Good evening, everyone. Welcome to Holy Crap, the vlogcast. Vlogcast comes from a skeptical point of view to answer some of the questions of why. The vlogcast started as a combination of spite and the Streisand effect because we have all kinds of fun telling everybody, yeah, we're going to peek behind the curtain because, um, yeah, a little dog told us to. I mean, come on, really, what, what better reason is there? Part of this is to follow through with the old adage, sometimes the journey is more important than the destination. I'm your main host. I'm known as Shujin Tribble all over the place, S-H-U-J-I-N. You can find me under that name pretty much anywhere you want to go looking. It's really hard to miss me. Let's go ahead and introduce you to almost a full card tonight. Almost. There's, there's one standout. We'll tell you about that in a second. Top left-hand corner, North America, around Calgary Way. Good morning. Well, actually, good evening, Dallin. Good evening. Time zones, man. You'd think I'd actually have this stuff down at this point. I don't know. Uh, the job I do, I work with people from coast to coast, and I actually, I have more trouble relating with people who are west of me than east, because I'm so used to working with people from the east. I go to schedule a meeting, I'm assuming eastern time, like, uh, dude, we're in Seattle. Yeah. Well, that's going to be a complication now, isn't it? <laughs> I hate it when everything goes like that. Mm-hmm. Down and just a little bit to the right into the Midwest of the U.S. Good evening, Bridget. Good evening. South of me into uh, Pittsburgh. Good morning, Joey. What's so good about it? And the fact that we haven't had an extinction level event yet today. The night is young. Don't. I know. I know. <laughs> Continuing off to the right from um, uh, a secret undisclosed location. Dallin's probably going to be smiling at that. He knows that one all too well. Secret undisclosed location uh, outside of the D.C. metropolitan area, maybe. I don't know. Good morning on Renault Tech. Good morning. I had a fart that smelled like an uh, extinction-level event. And the TMI flag is down. And flying in the breeze. Thank and you. Now we know the undisclosed secret location. Yes, it's called um, Newark, New Jersey. From across <laughs> the pond, where he doesn't have to smell it from there, out Paris, France. Good morning, Joseph. It's just beginning to waft over. Good morning. Perfect timing. So, yes, for those of you that are longtime watchers, know for well, yes, we are down one Canadian. Well, there's a reason for that. The Canada Goose population has finally gotten to uh, Heretic Woman, and uh, she's being she's being nibbled to death by cats. Some people get that joke. You're welcome. She's uh, she's actually that's not too far from the truth. Oh, jeez, dude, that, really? She's well. Uh, what it comes down to is that uh, with the kitten, the new kitten, uh, kitten's been running at you know eleven for the last couple of days, so she hasn't had very much sleep, and she's got a thing to do tomorrow morning, today morning. Yeah. Time zones. What are they? Any, anyway, any okay. Now the jerk makes sense. Yeah, any cat owner that uh, that's had one from a kitten to maturity, they they can relate. I can relate. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, so I she she's taking the night off and perfectly fine. So we will be ragging on her incessantly, basically because <clears throat> you richly deserve it, you bitch. You really do. So the, the, the theme of the show is all about Deborah? Oh, not quite. But uh, oh. I, I will tell you this, though. I did do a recording with uh, Jake Farwarton for uh, the iFriends show. Uh, and one of the questions was about um, a scientific uh, paper that came out that uh, scientifically proves something about short people. Wait a minute. <laughs> um, 
I will. Uh, I think it I was will, specifically men, but okay. If, if I remember correctly, didn't that paper state that short people wear, when they wear shorts, were to call them pants? No, no. Uh, I will. I will, however, go ahead and say that um, it was the second time during that show that I got the answer through sheer stupidity on my part. Um. I'm not going to tell you what the other one was, but I will tell you that um, it was absolutely hilarious. And you're going to have to wait and find out for it. That's uh, the iFriends show, Jake for Wharton. Go look that one up and uh, see about that one. Anyway, oh, it's going to be all iFriends show. Do, do they use like iOS to make it or something? Uh, I don't really remember. I don't know. And you're starting to sound really muffled. Uh, are you okay with that microphone or what's going on? You're all good? Is that better? That is yeah. much better, yes. Oh, yeah, yeah. I was leaning on it. That mm. would do it. All right. Bluetooth headset. Stop, stop biting the pillow before talking <laughs> into the microphone. Okay, we're moving on because this is not one of those shows right now. Anyway. So let me go ahead. Joseph, and, uh, we, we, we don't need to worry about your fantasies in this show, Joe. Sorry. We're going to continue on past all this before I have to start muting people. Yeah. So we'll get everything rolling over here. Anyway. So thank you, everybody, for joining us. Stephanie, I know for well that you're over in the live chat. Thank you very much. If you're watching live and you want to take advantage of the live chat, please feel free to do so. It's on some corner of your screen for me. It's over that side right there. And I've got it set to live chat, so I got it right the first time. Yes. feel very proud of myself right now. And that's going to follow through with my opening for you guys for tonight. And you'll see why. Because with five minutes on the clock, your five-minute freestyle starts right now. Surprise! No, Joey, this has got nothing to do with our upcoming uh, presidential election hopes, but that's a whole other thing for later. The thing that ended up happening was believe it or not i actually had a discussion and i use the term loosely for a second on facebook about laws regarding voting rights and whether or not there was a morality or immorality to a specific classification of voting rights the question had come up about people who were felons, convicted felons, who were no longer allowed to vote, except here in New York State, where the governor has set it up where felons, after whatever length of time or whatever rigmarole, are allowed to vote again. And person was upset about this and basically said, and I'm paraphrasing, that the governor was playing God. Now, leaving that, aside, leaving that aside for a second. Now, the fact that a governor can actually make the phone call and prevent someone from having the death penalty, even at literally the last minute, is some form of playing God or not, but that's neither here nor there. The question was, why, if voting is a right, why, for a felon, is that the only right that is typically a lifetime ban. Now, I know full well, there are other ones that say that you are not allowed to have a Second Amendment right in this country to 
firearms at that point. But that is something that you could actually do damage to someone. So there is some there's some justification where you could say we don't want somebody who's you know already committed a, 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 a something dangerous to have a dangerous weapon and we want to curtail that okay i can see an argument for that but we're talking voting rights this country was founded on the argument that you're taxing me and i don't have a voice in that government that's wrong isn't that the same thing a felon and I'm going to get to that in a second because there's a piece about that too. A felon who has served their time, paid their debt to society, released, no longer is allowed to vote, even if they go ahead and set themselves up with a good paying job, legit business, and are paying taxes. Why should they be disallowed from having a voice in the government that oversees them and the culture and society <laughs> that they live in? And the question was, put back to me, well, that's just the way that it is. And if you don't like it, change it. Get off your ass. Oh, hold on a second. I'm not saying I want to change it. I want to say, why is it the way that it is? Well, it is the way that it is because that's the way that it is. Wow. Um, okay, look, um, I'm trying to talk through the morality of the position. I'm not looking to change it. I acknowledge that that is the way that it is. And if your only answer is the tautology of it is the way that it is because that's the way it is, then you're really not understanding what I'm trying to get out at you. There was no name calling. There is no, you're the devil incarnate. There's no, you're stupid. He was implied, but I think it was much more a matter of they didn't understand where I was coming from or didn't want to acknowledge that. I am many things. I am not a well-educated man. I am a rather average person, I would think. Maybe a little bit more than average in some respect regarding how I think through various items. Because, you know, I've got the show and I talk a lot. But I was very surprised that for once, I got into a thing and I didn't get directly insulted, even if I got a little bit of snark. And I can't believe that I'm about to say it this way. Wow. How refreshing. Maybe there is hope after all. This is episode 232 on the docket, Your Honor. Rule of Acquisition 98. I know full well Callie Wright is probably having a great field day looking at this one going, I know that one. I know that. Which one is that? Which I, I know that one. Yeah. Rule of Acquisition 98. Every man has his price. We heard the news story about the journalist who went to the Saudi embassy and did not come out in one piece, quite literally. And we are not going to end up talking about that news story because right now it is 
too hot. There are far too many question marks. And unfortunately, the items that are known, you know, I'm, I'm guarding myself on this one just a little bit, are a little bit too, I have no other way of wording it, visceral right at the moment. It's now, basically everything is still unfolding. Yeah. Yeah. And mm -hmm. I know full well that uh, I could probably be, uh, I could probably be called a bit of a hypocrite for the whole, well, when is it time to talk about gun control? Okay. I, I, under I understand that argument and I was having it in my head, my own head, but the biggest problem is tech just said, there's far too many things that are still unfolding and we don't have nearly enough to work off of in a really coherent way. So we're not going to talk about that one in particular. What we are going to talk about is a seeming callous indifference to human suffering for those that claim to be the moral right. Now, whether they claim it as right as in we are correct or right as in conservatives, I don't really much care. They're the ones who go ahead and say, we're the ones that should be your moral yardstick. And they're anything but. So we're going to be dealing with that. Normally, I'd go ahead and uh, pitch it over to Heretic Woman. But since she is on pussy duty tonight, I figured, well, um, I'm going to have to make mention of it anyway. Heretic Woman, that's that's too few for tonight. You bitch. That's three. Unfortunately... Other than this particular news story out of Saudi Arabia, and it's it's a lot of stuff. It's it's a lot of stuff. But as far as Rafe Badawi is concerned at the moment, I have no new news that I was able to locate, which again, much more the norm than not. However, that means that as of the recording of tonight's show, it is now six years, four months, five days since he was unjustly incarcerated for thought crime our hopes our thoughts are still with you and your family we're still waiting but we're scared so the news article that i linked and i i do have to give credit where credit is due was unrenowned text doing he forwarded he fired it over to me as a reminder i did see it come up in my news articles of um, P. Robes, Pat Robertson, who, you know, Billy Joel said it right, man. Only the good die young. This guy is going to live till fucking eternity, or at least it feels like it. Basically saying, look, we've got $100 billion in weapon sales. Let's not rock the boat and not get that money because, come on, we need that <coughs> money for the economy. <laughs> And for, you know, jobs, because jobs. And uh, I have no other way of saying it. Disgusted doesn't even come close. Tech, you, you forwarded it over to me. I have to imagine that you had one hell of a visceral reaction to it when you saw it and you just suddenly thought, oh, yeah, I got to send this over to him. So I had several reactions to the initial article. You can hear me okay, right? Mm -hmm. Okay. So my first initial reaction was, this, if there is a hell, 
this person will have a very special place in it. And me being an atheist, uh, assuming this hell puts atheists there, I want front row seats. Okay, that was my initial reaction. My secondary reaction was I'm disgusted with humanity because I realized that right now, right at this very moment, that there were people who saw that on television. And because it was coming out of his mouth, instantly agreed that the things that he was saying were right. The whole argument from authority here. And that they didn't stop and think about what he said. They never considered the implications that their religion talks about not putting gold in other things before their, their God. And he is telling them that in this scenario, it is more important to have gold than it is to make sure that, you know, we are love thy neighbor and love thy brother and mother and, you know, love one another aspect of their religion. They, they just didn't, it never even occurred to them to question this. And there's the, 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 this bastard of a person has got so many people eating out of his palm. And they're allowing it to happen because they refuse to think for themselves. And part of that is caused by re religions in general. And the other part is like, you know, Joseph has said before in the past, you know, they're comfortable. They're not willing to change. They, they have no desire to change. I was like, He's well, guess, guess what? Yeah, if, if they have no desire to change and they keep fucking this shit up, uh, eventually the shit's going to hit the fan. They're going to want change and it's going to be too late. Well, they're listening to him because he's their survival guide, basically. Right. And, and, and he's really, going to get them killed. Well, yeah, but they, they don't, I don't think they even realize it. No, and that's the thing. Because he's doing it through a television, they're not even there to see the results of their actions. They can't quantify it. It doesn't smack them upside the head and say, look, you're being a horrible human being by contributing to this man here. You are causing this kind of harm here. You, your lack of, uh, 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 of ability to think for yourself, to question the things around you, to be skeptical is harming your life in these numerous ways. It may be on the family level. It may be with your friends. It may be with just the interactions at the person bagging their groceries at the grocery store, depending on who they interact with. But the, the, by following him, they are becoming very toxic people to society as a whole. See, what it comes down to is, and this is something that... Uh, I have to put it this way because it's been put this way over and over and over a time with all of these campaigns, sorry, campaign stops that the current president has been doing since he's been elected. Thanks, by the way. Piss off. Um, 
it's a cult. It's a cult of personality. You were going to go ahead and you're going to believe what you've been told to believe because you've been told to believe it. And, you know, as many times as I say, it's because you were taught wrong. I can't, I can't put it any much better than this. It, Bridget, I'm, I'm coming, I'm coming over to you because you're, you're okay. the, you're the case model on this one. When you've been taught wrong, it's you, you've said before, and, and please, by all means, explain it a little further. It is scary as all hell to try to break out of all of that once the cracks start to have happen. Yeah, it is. Um, but I think the other piece that people are not looking at, in addition to you know, the arms deal and all that other stuff, is this uh, journalist is seen as lesser than, one, because it's journalist, and we've heard um, you know, our POTUS, our piece of shit POTUS, call to uh, body slam journalists, you know, to kill some of them just because he doesn't like what they say. And this particular journalist is, was probably a Muslim too. So that makes it a lesser person or a lesser being than, you know, some, I don't know, military hero or something. Before you get too far from it, um, you know, you said uh, coming out of it was a scary thing. Well, where is that fear coming from? Because if you are suddenly in a position where everything that you've been told is wrong, you have nothing left to stand on at the moment because you don't know anything else. Because that's interesting because like I, I've always, you know, I think, I think, um, we've been over this enough times to, to understand that, you know, the, the religion isn't really about, it's not about the Bible or the God or whatever. All these things are just bit accessories to, um, uh, as Shujin called it, a personality cult. And right. it's about following right. the person who is actually responsible for their survival of the following. And I put that between air scare quotes, but um, the following you know, they're depending on him for their survival. And I'm talking like not consciously, well, almost instinctively. So when they find themselves without their their leader, decider, um, protector, whatever, um, they, they are going to be scared without their survival model. Mm -hmm. And they're going to be scared even if their, their survival model like or their leader is brought into question, which is why that explains a lot of the visceral reaction we get from a lot of right-wingers when they're confronted. Yeah. Well, I would think it would be the same kind of fear that anybody would have like yourself, Joseph, if someone were to snatch you up in the middle of the night unexpectedly and take you off to uh, a Middle Eastern country where you don't know the language, you don't know the people, you don't know the customs and just dump you down there. I don't think it's the same fear as leaving a religion. It is. Uh, yeah, it is. It is. There, there's an underlying dread that... No, but I think um, the, the context, I mean, really, you have to... Uh, I, don't, I, don't, I don't like that comparison because, I mean, you really have to... Um, it's a similar comparison. It's a similar visible fear. No, but you, the comparison there, I don't think it's a good one. No. It is a good one in one respect because one of the things that you talk about, Joseph, is that the leader is the survivor leader, correct? They guide to survival. Mm -hmm. 
Mm-hmm. Well, when you're leaving a religion that has told you by following the religion that when you, if you follow the religion and you're a good boy or good girl or good whatever, that when you, you die, you're going to get all these rewards mm-hmm. and you're going to live forever and happy and everything else. And then you get that rug pulled out from underneath you. And now you realize when I die, there's nothing after this. I'm gone for good. That's the same as getting dumped in a country where you are not wanted. You are not like you are specifically targeted. In this case, I'm talking about Americans in certain countries would. Okay, you're working hard to tie those together, but um, I'm I'm talking it's a about fear basically. Of, I'm going to die, uh, and it's the same kind of fear. Except the difference is, um, in one case, it's mental, psychological, and in another case, it's a physical representation. It still creates existential dread, and that's yeah. the problem. Yeah, let me okay. let me take. This, I don't. I don't have that fear, frankly, uh, to be in another country or whatever. You, you're lucky that you're not afraid to be dropped in the middle of a desert, surrounded mm-hmm. by people who want to kill you because you're an American. Well, um, no, yeah, I, I well, leaving well, a religion. Well, <laughs> I'm trying to just explain the sense of um, being displaced and lost and not understanding what to do from there. Actually, if I can try, I, um, I do say that that exists. I, I I do agree that that exists because I mean a lot of the people, even after they leave religion, they they have this fear, like the university campuses and stuff like that. You know, like uh, people who want absolutely to conform to a a dictate, a model. They're looking for one, um, just something to hang on to, like a life preserver. I I, I do understand that part of it. Yes. Sorry, Dallin. Uh, it's okay. Um, I was thinking more. Um, actually, when the conversation first started, I, I began thinking of the Truman Show, um, where the guy finally realizes that his entire life is a lie. Although I'll grant you, uh, the end of that movie was far more um, saccharine than I, I think a lot of people would have expected. <clears throat> but um, and I know this one's been used before for by a lot of people, but uh, the Matrix. You know, you go from your semi-quasi-comfortable life, you know, you've got a house, you've got a job, you've got, you're making a living, you're you're doing your thing. You know, or as, as Mr. Smith would put it, uh, you're paying your taxes. That seemed to be a rolling thing in that in that series. But anyways, but then suddenly you wake up and realize that your entire life was a lie and you are ill-prepared to deal with the aftermath. In other words, all of your formerly known survival techniques will not work in this new context. Yeah. I'm going to, I'm going to dovetail off of that for a second to kind of take this in a slightly less um, downer position. Because there's another piece that's even more important than the whole existential dread of uh, annihilation for non-being, for lack of a better way of putting it for a second. Um, But the societal position that one would have, if you're taught from effectively infancy, and this is speaking as a a second-generation, off-the-boat, Roman Catholic Italian child born in Brooklyn that I was. So now you know a lot more about me than you used to. Imagine that. Um, 
Yes, and the, so tonight I'm actually drinking some wine because I didn't think to buy any beer tonight. Shut up, leave me alone. Uh, Did you bring any crackers? No, no, I didn't. I, Did I had a lot of crackers. I <laughs> not going there. The the where where I'm going with this is, if you were taught from infancy, effectively, that. Well, I'm 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 going to borrow something from Babylon Five, and, and J. Michael Straczynski can can, you know, have have a chuckle at it later. The church is mother. The church is father. In addition to, or on par with your actual mother and father, whether biological or or otherwise, for lack of a better for a moment, even above. In, in some cases, above, yes. Like you hear some certain families, like especially, um, well, I've seen certain interviews where um, people victims of child abuse, um, they were talking about the, the, the actual priest who was abusing them coming to visit the family home. And like the mm-hmm. mother was almost aware of it, but she would like defer to the priest almost as, a, as though he was God. And that was almost ex- the exact words that they used. Yeah, there's there's stuff like that from the 50s that I can remember that you didn't And it goes back even it. further than that, where priests and such could come by and tell you, you know, your soul is going to hell. And, you know, th- this is back before people were, you know, most the common man was literate. And they could literally tell them, hey, look, if you don't do this, your soul's going to hell. And they'd go and do it, even if it wasn't in the book. Your we salvation even... is in my pants. Yeah, and it doesn't even have to go that far back. We have we have reports currently of children in Africa who are being massacred because they are accused of witchcraft. Mm-hmm. Children. Nine-year-old girl who was saved by a reporter, if I remember right, a couple years ago from being killed because somebody thought that she spoke to the animals? I don't remember what the hell the bullshit was, but bottom line, it was bullshit. Pure and simple. But if you're in if you're in a religion to this extent, I'm not calling it a cult yet, a religion to this extent where you're place in society in your family is contingent upon you towing the line and believing in all this when you are taught that's the way that it is and this is the truth from infancy and nothing tells you otherwise until you're finally able to start peeking out you know you start getting into your teens and questions start niggling in your head yeah, kind of like Bridget said, you kind of end up being ill prepared for all the stuff that you suddenly find out that, wait, that's not what the color blue actually is. The red dot isn't actually moving on the wall. Some people who are psychology students get that that particular one. Thank you. Um, it's It's absolutely mind numbing to me to realize that there are still people who simply will not or will not do the proper examination when they're shown it in stark contrast of black and whites and put on the god glasses and say nope can't see nothing 
I'm Mr. Magoo at this point. I don't care. They can't. I don't think they can. They never learn. I mean, that's part of growing up as, um, you know, this ex existential angst you're talking about is like, um, it's coming to the realization that you're just following a pattern without really understanding it. And then from time to time, as you're growing up, you know, everything you've learned comes into questions. And I mean, it happens a few times to all of us before mm -hmm. we learn that, well, you know, every situation is one that has to be judged individually. There's no fixed pattern. There's no fixed model. Um, and yeah, sometimes it takes a lot of work and, you know, being responsible for one's own survival. I mean, that's part of growing up, but a lot of people, they don't transition into that. And I mean, it's, it really comes down to being responsible for your own survival. And it doesn't even necessarily need to be your physical survival. It could be your emotional, your societal, being responsible for yourself, for your own decisions, for everything. Just to transition, like somebody like living alone in the jungle. Are you going to be, you're going to travel huddled in a pack around a, a leader, decider, follower, hunter, gatherer, whatever? Or are you going to learn to fend for yourself, you know? And a lot of, most of humanity, unfortunately, chooses the, the pack model. All right. To, to be fair, though, the quote-unquote pack model isn't necessarily itself a bad thing if it's successful education wise but you know normally you should learn something from a packet i mean that's that's a good way to transition like to transfer information all that but once you learn something you should have understanding of what you learned and that knowledge becomes yours mm -hmm. but just mindlessly obeying a model again and again and again without having understanding of it that's something completely different yeah. it is but again if the model is successful, there's no drive to change it. Yeah, see, religion. So that's that's what totalitarianism relies on that 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 thing because it you know conform to the model and it'll it'll work if everybody follows this exact model it'll work perfectly. I mean that's that's the base of total that's a description of totalitarianism. I don't disagree, but um, again, if it works. Why change it? Tech, you were going to say. I was going to say, religion had its place in the beginning. A way to convey instruction and guidance. You know, um, and it, something similar to religion was bound to happen in the, in the early on. But we should have emotionally evolved and matured past religion. The problem is is that things, uh, there were people out there who had figured out that by using religion, they could control people. And so they've been evolving it and manipulating it to the point where it was able to retain lots of people. Okay. We need to move past religion. We have no reason for it anymore. We we don't understand everything and we don't have an answer for everything, but we know that religion's not the answer at this point. We do know how certain things in our bodies and in our world and in our universe work. We're learning more about them every day. We're understanding more about medicines and human psychology, the human heart, the human condition. We understand how to be a true humanist to our fellow men and women. Um, 
you know, regardless of what nation they're from, what gender they're from, what gender they identify as, we don't need religion guiding us in this anymore. It's an archaic model that has reached its end of life a long time ago, and we need to let it die. The problem is, is there's too many people in positions of power and authority who won't let it. And it comes down to not just religion. It comes down to, when all is said and done, greed. Well, that too. It, it, it goes beyond religion. I mean, it goes to... to that's why I, I hate this uh, apologist accusation so much against atheists, that the, the communist regime uh, was, was atheist, um, because the irony is that the communist re regime was actually... It was the religion. It's it's basically it's humans telling other humans what to do. It's just a religion and this this communist system. They're just different yeah. forms of totalitarianism. The only difference between what we consider religion and a communist state is that the god is now the person standing on the pulpit, not the person on the standing pulpit talking for an invisible sky daddy. And that's 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 the <clears throat> thing because it's not you know, discussions about the content of the Bible and all this after, after a while thinking about this, it, that kind of thing becomes annoying because you come to realize it's not about the book. It's about the guy holding it. Yeah. Whether it be the little red book, uh, whether it be whatever it is. Yeah. And that's the, that's the really sad thing about this whole issue is that, you know, P robes is the guy holding the book and he goes and says something like this, which is, I mean, Correct me if I'm wrong, but did not the one of the origin or originators of Robertson's version of uh, religion uh, were they were they not the ones that were involved in trying to take back uh, a particular city or a particular area of land uh, from a bunch of people who share the same kind of religion that's in Saudi Arabia? Oh, you know, a few few thousand years ago, a couple hundred. If if you're uh, if you're thinking of a uh several letter words starting with the letter crusade i'm pretty sure yeah, i yeah. know which one you're talking about yeah and um you know we, we all know how well that went spoiler it didn't go well for the uh, christian side um so now here's a guy who idealistically should be against um saudi arabia because they're not worshiping the one true god and sorry i just need to wipe my mouth here a little sarcasm Sorry. Um, basically saying, well, if, if as long as a deal involves, you know, uh, money and, and everything, that, that's a hundred billion dollars. That's an awful lot. And, and, you know, okay, fine. So, so th th their, their extended price, their tax on the purchase was the life of this uh, man who was calling them out for being the savages that they are that, you know, I do every day here on the 700 club. And see the the one the one good thing that Mr. P. Robes did for us is he identified exactly how what dollar amount he would accept to allow atrocities to happen that were recorded, regardless of what's going on right now. The the journalist was not only killed, but dismembered. That, that part's fact right now. 
and be okay with that. So we, we know his limit now and uh, it, there's a dollar sign attached to it. Now, uh, last time I checked, uh, that wasn't very godly. No, no, not very at all. Um, even if the, regardless of what the dollar amount is, the fact that there's a dollar amount attached says it right there. But there it is, folks. Any of you who are watching this who have ever watched any of Mr. Pat Robertson's shit on television, you now know that he is not a godly man. That's yeah, it. Look, End of story. End of <clears throat> story. Yeah, Bridget, you've you've dealt with uh, you've dealt with numbers with human. Um, let's just call it uh, suffering for the for the time being. A um, hundred billion dollars. I'm pretty sure you've seen at least one voucher come through that is less than $100 billion in payouts for treatment, right? At least one? <laughs> yeah. Uh, I don't think I've ever seen a bill for $100 billion. I have seen some for, you know, a couple of million dollars, but that's usually for very, very sick babies. So let me, um, let me put it out there this way. Your integrity is on the line and you have your choice you can either allow one person to die and you earn a very large sum of money for your uh, an organization that you're part of or you can uh, say uh, no i don't want your blood money on principle alone all right. That would be me, but Uh-huh. Now, I want to uh, I want to pitch it to both you and Joey for a second from the military aspect because Joey reminded me last week week before of the big I word, integrity. And when he reminded me of it in in the text chat, he used all caps so that I would not miss it and rightly so. Integrity is something that I'm quite certain, and forgive me if, if there's a pun in here, I, I don't mean it, is drilled into you early on that you are supposed to hold some form, hold yourself to a higher standard, that you should be a, a bastion of being able to show people how to live honorably. This... I'm I'm not completely off base with this, right? Uh, again, no puns intended. Yeah, in, sadly, in sadly, there are no training exercises, no way to give someone integrity. The only thing you can do is tell them, look, I mean, you got choices to make. It, integrity is a choice. It can't be drilled into you. It can't be trained into you. You have to make the conscious choice to tell the truth, do what's right, both, you know, legally and morally. 
knowing that, that sometimes those are two different things. That and that is exactly. I mean, clear, uh, biggest, clearest picture of the difference between a moral and a legal right is uh, something that we soldiers don't often have to deal with, but it does come up from time to time, and that is unlawful orders. And that is a that is a big deal because that is something that shh, okay I'm gonna I'm gonna say this very carefully that is an issue that should not ever become an issue. One would expect, but I'm sure that at some point somebody had to basically say, "Uh, no." But I also have to believe that that is incredibly few and far between for something like that to have happened. Uh, I don't know if either one of you have ever heard of something like that having happened. Actually, you know what? There, there is one. There is one that I can think of. Uh, th- th- not exactly, but sort of. Uh, back 1980. Was it eighty-three? Jesus, I gotta look. I gotta look this guy up again. Uh, the the Russian, uh, the guy that was in charge of watching over the poles with the Russian radar, looking for first strike uh, information, and he thought that he spotted a first strike coming over from the U.S. and saw that it was one missile on the radar and he said no no this is a mistake this is this is a problem in the machinery they would never send just a single missile and here's a second one no that's still a problem because they would never send two missiles now if they're going to do a first strike and he basically kept world war three from having happened back in the 80s and we owe him a monstrous debt, but that's a whole other thing. He basically went against the orders that he had otherwise that said, you know, if something comes over, you you call us, we'll press the button, done. And he he made he made the call and probably saved humanity. And you're right, that is not something that you can just drill into somebody. So I I really wasn't thinking of it and now i've got uh, i've got the scenes from uh, from deadpool in in my head from uh, colossus four or five moments is all it takes to be a hero maybe i'll see if i can find that particular link as you can imagine this particular item is a very sensitive subject and so i i am currently trying to find a direct example of uh, an unlawful order case in military history. And I'm looking for it right now. And like I said, it's a very delicate matter, which is why I'm having such a hard time actually trying to find documentation of one. Yeah, like I said, for it to be, um, to have gotten to that point, I can well imagine it would have to be like really, really tough to deal with. Um, for what it's worth, if, if you find great, if you don't, don't worry too much about it. Um, 
But Stephanie has also said, and, and I, I will accept the hit on this one, integrity. You put pea robes and integrity in the same sentence. <laughs> yeah. I, I don't think the word means what you think it means. No, no, no. I, I, can, <laughs> I can put two of them together in order to say there is a lack of, or perhaps I should say more appropriately, a distinct lack of. How about a disturbing lack of that's that's um, probably a little bit closer to the truth okay i'm not one for tinfoil hats but i do have to wonder about this no we've already said um robertson is a voice of authority what he says his people will consume without question without a thought without batting an eye uh, disturbing as this might be like, okay. If, if I was a regular member of the 700 club or whatever, and I heard him say this, I, well, that would probably be the start of my journey towards being here right now. Um, because One it goes, hope. well, but the thing is it goes against everything that, you know, I, as one of those sheep would have been led to believe, but now imagine, imagine if he'd done the integral, and I use that term loosely, thing, and denounced what had happened. You know, saying that this is, you know, it is the money changers in the temple type of thing. Like he goes off on some Jesus thing about it. And if his um, listener base was so disillusioned with what the government was doing, especially with midterms coming up, so he's probably thinking that, uh, you know, well, Trump is going to save us because I've said he's going to save us. So I better not rock the boat too much because, well, we got an election coming up here right away. Okay, it's worse. We're talking that, about man. the gambler's dilemma. But you're, you're yeah. putting a follower mentality into Robertson's mouth in a way um, because Robertson, well, he just wants Trump in because. Um, because Trump allowing, is not going to, yeah, yeah Trump's not going to rock the boat. He no, Trump is allowing the dumbing down of America, and that's exactly what the these these religious leaders want. Yeah, and aren't aren't the evangelicals the one that her her rod her rod God put him in charge? So now they're going to go ahead and they're going to turn around and say, oh, by the way, this um, that's the followers. Yeah, the, like I said, the the evangelicals are the ones who have been saying. And, and trumpeting. But it's really important to make a distinction between evangelical leaders and evangelical followers. Oh, okay. I, I think I know where Joey's going with this. You've got the followers going, hey, all my leaders are telling me this man is a man of God. He was chosen by God. Therefore, I need to vote for him. Where the inval inv I, I think he's going with where the evangelical leaders are going, oh, look, this guy's going to do the things that accomplish the, the things that we want because he's got people following him. If we give him our support and we tell people to vote for him, he's going to do stupid shit. That's going to cause them to become more dumb, which makes it our jobs easier. Okay. Exactly. Basically <laughs> dude, I can't believe we're on the same wavelength for a change. That's weird. We usually are, but we just, you know, it's just, context it well context is important all right put it that well, way. i'm gonna take it beyond uh, that um yeah. some of the evangelicals are dominionists 
And part of their agenda is to not only dumb people down, but take us back to medieval times. Okay, I'm not familiar with Dominionists. It's a bunch of, uh, okay, I'm going to put this brutally, but I mean, really, these a lot of these religious leaders are just basically, um, they're not operating at a very performing level. Let's not highly educated, not highly, you know, they, they basically, they got a, they got they Sky Daddy stories. That's their, their They profession. don't have to either. That's the problem. And, but. and it's making other people lesser than they are. That's that's their entire goal. To make Unf- them manageable, quote unquote. Unfortunately, I cannot find a, an example of a lawful a, a unlawful order being disobeyed and the it, it comes out to, you know, be a uh, positive outcome for the soldier who did the morally right thing, unfortunately. So I'm going to have to throw Godwin's law out the window and bring, and bring up Nuremberg. Yep. Yep. The the Nuremberg defense is what is referred to as when soldiers are put on trial and their argument is just, I was just following orders. And we saw what happened during the Nuremberg trials. Yep. Following orders or not, it doesn't matter. You knew it was wrong. Yep. And I can't believe I'm going to say it this way. Um, there should be a counter argument that explains just how incredibly wrong it is. And the sad part of it is. It's a Captain Picard quote all over again because, oh my god, you guys had such great writers too damned many times in the later seasons. I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to the one to drop it yet. But but then again, you know, Patrick Stewart. Agreed, but he, he, he was the one delivering. He wasn't the one writing. So there's a whole other thing there. Delivery is half the message. It's true. As true. The the idea of just following I was just following orders is not sufficient. But anybody can just follow orders. But if you are a person with your own agency, you need to be able to oh God, there is the problem, isn't it? So basically what that but that's it, because basically what your what Nuremberg would like you would like everybody to be their own to be responsible for themselves, to have autonomous thought. But when you're in this kind of like um, totalitarian system, but okay, let's put it a hierarchical, um, you know, ranking system. Um, you're not supposed to concern yourselves with moral judgments and things like that. You just, you don't make it. You just don't go there. If you're part of the system, you don't go there. Otherwise you're going to be going against the system. So, you know, um, asking every individual soldier to have moral judgments is a good thing, but uh, not for the system. I, d- I don't know if I'm being clear there. I don't know. We're talking about two it- different systems. We're talking about, uh, you know, like Nuremberg and all that. They're, they're taking um, um, an optimal uh, moral judgment, individual moral judgment, and trying to apply it to... Uh, a military system where that is completely absent and I've, I've i've never seen the difference between critical thought and non-critical thought more clearly defined between the 
NCOs and the the officers. I mean, that's that's where the dividing line is in, a, in an army operation, as far as I know. There's very little critical thought in the NCO ranks. Um, They're not supposed to go there anyways. You know? Well, it's uh, not made for that. Let's put it that way. Sorry. It, it, there's, there's a big not context to for this. Uh, I, not too very long ago, I joked with, uh, with uh, Dallin and Joey uh, about something that I, uh, I'm going to word it this way for a reason, that I heard from someone who was in the Air Force. I'm not naming names for a damned good reason, just, just because. I don't know that the person in particular would necessarily want uh, this to go out, but the story was that uh, this person was in uh, the major. I forget what I forget what their position was at that point. Uh, major or colonel, lieutenant colonel, I think. Anyway, it was an upper up, and they were dealing with the Air Force Base, and they were going to be dealing with stuff that was going to be going on for the for the rest of the week, and they're in you know around the around the big. Uh, conference table and all the guys are in charge are over there and you know first lieutenant is over there who's supposed to be in charge of running the the sergeants and and, and guys and lower and first lieutenant basically goes ahead and, and answers and says yes okay so this is what we're going to do we're going to do this we're going to do this but we can't do this because we can't do that because we're and the guy in question stopped and basically said lieutenant hold on a second and turned and looked over to the sergeant and said, Sarge, what's the real story? And Joey basically told me at the time, yeah, that's that's pretty much how it works, right? Let me, let me sum it up for you. Yeah. Officers are commissioned by Congress. An officer in the military holds an official position in the United States government. That is what gives them the authority to do, uh, to do the things that they need to do in the interests of the U.S. government. Same reason why an officer will always be the one to command a ship, uh, a, uh, well, yeah, a ship, or typically uh when it's a single-seater plane, it's an officer flying it because that is an asset of the United States. And so it requires an officiate of the United States to be employed. Officers are the ones that make the decisions on what needs to be done. Whereas non-commissioned officers, NCOs, um, are the ones who have come up from the ranks, who have spent the years in the military, learning things, getting the experience. They're the ones that decide how it gets done. They are the salt of the earth. Yeah, and uh, Joe, uh, over over in the over in the chat, what I put for you? That sound about right? Uh, let me see. Uh, duh, duh, duh. Yep. Well, no, no, and. <laughs> That would probably be like the the E ones, E twos, E threes. Yeah, yeah. E one through E four; those are what we typically refer to as grunts. NCOs are a class unto themselves, and the 
I mean, you have to go to a board to become an NCO. When you when you're a specialist E4 and you have enough time and rank and time and service and you've done all your uh, all your training and taken all your classes to become an NCO, the final thing you have to do is go in front of a board. And I believe there's only one officer that sits on this board. Everybody else on the board are NCOs, sergeant majors, first sergeants, master sergeants, sergeant first classes. They're the ones that evaluate you and determine whether or not you're ready for that responsibility. And Bridget, you were you were chuckling and having a good uh, good thought about that one. I gotta imagine that you've you've got some particular position on this one because, like we're saying, I mean, the I just one. I just want to ask one question uh, to to Joe. So you'd say they're they're in a way they're transitionary between the two. Well, an A four would be. Like well, like I said, um, like I said, officers are the ones to decide what needs to get done. NCOs are the ones that figure out how the yeah. hell it gets get, how it gets done, and then you know your grunts are the ones that make it happen. Yeah. Um, My dad was telling it. me. It derailed me. I had something important to say, and now I can't remember what it was. Sorry. Is it just me, or is there some sort of understanding between um, the the upper NCOs and the officers? Not there, always. Well, not always, but here's the thing. No officer worth his bars or his stars is ever going to dismiss the opinions of the NCOs under his command. That is why for a company level, you always have a captain and you have a first sergeant. That is why at the, at the uh, platoon level, you have a lieutenant and you have the sergeant first class, the platoon sergeant. Yeah, and if there's one thing that I learned from uh, that particular person's uh, experience, you don't necessarily want the guy that's specifically book smart, and you guys might see where I'm going with this one. You don't want the guy that's book smart and spewing off everything according to the book, according to the regs. You want the somebody that's going to go ahead and say, okay, look, I know the book says this, but here's what really is going to have to have happen in order for things to actually happen. Good because example. I know how things actually work. Good example. Do you want somebody who just got out of school and just took his test and aced his test and has all of the cohesive knowledge of how to fix your car but has never touched a car in his life? Or do you want somebody who's never even been to school but has fixed dozens of cars in his life working on your car. Another good example. Dallin, perfect example. Who would you rather trust? A guy that's gotten all of his A pluses on every Microsoft uh, test back to back to back to back to back, never worked a week in a shop, 
Or would you want the guy that came up on a Kami 64 programming a 300 baud modem <clears throat> in assembly language and all the way up through everything and every, every up, you know, up through everything? I mean, <laughs> yeah. Um, plain and simple to just illustrate how important this is. In the military, the highest rank an officer can achieve, and even though we don't issue that rank anymore, or at least haven't had reason to, is a five-star general, general of the army. Well, as I recall, there's only one person that's been granted that. Been and there's... There have been two, and only one person can ever hold that rank at any given time. However... Even when there isn't a general of the army, there is always a sergeant major of the army. And he is the highest ranking non-commissioned official throughout the army. Okay. Let, me put it, let me put it this way. Nothing happens in the army without the sergeant major of the army hearing about it first. Hmm. Fair enough. And I'm sorry. So NCOs are so critically important that it take once you have been once you have become an NCO once you have been given your stripes it takes an act of Congress to take them away from you they can't just demote you fair enough and I finally found the piece I was uh, I was looking for because I had remembered that uh, five star general was what they had posthumously promoted George Washington to. But yes. then when you mentioned about the five, I remembered that the whole big thing was you can't have anybody higher than George Washington because reasons. I finally looked it up. Yeah, he was promoted to um, a six star back in 1776 because, I mean, he because he's got to be bigger than everybody else. Now, with all of that rigmarole out of the way to kind of put context on the whole damn thing. It comes down to who are you going to believe and why? And if the question is, I'm going to believe whatever is going to earn me the most capital, and I'm not saying money, I'm saying capital, for any reason, for every reason, then we have a real serious disagreement on what morality is all about because i can you know what i'm going to drop the i'm going to drop the bomb for this one i can guarantee fucking to you there is not a single one of us on this panel and i know i'm sticking my neck out really hard on this one not a single one of us on this panel that would allow someone to come to harm so that we could earn capital could be money could be a promotion it could be authority over somebody or something or someone it could be material addition i don't think any one of us would allow someone to come to harm so that we could benefit i am not a godly person I have my moments. I have my moments of greed and selfishness and everything else. And um, and Tech, you're, you're, you're leading. You're leading. Yeah, you're leading. Hold, hold on. 
any long-term listener of the show Better. will have picked up on the fact that I don't like my son's mother at all in any way, shape, or form. In fact, I hate the woman. Uh, she's a very horrible human being, in my opinion. She has, done, she has done much harm to me and my son, in my opinion. If she was standing out in the middle of a road and a bus was coming to hit her, and I was told that if I allow the bus to hit her, and I didn't warn her, that they were going to give me something in return, anything at all. I just had to not do anything. The easiest thing in the world, not act. I'd still yell at her to get out of the way of the bus. I may not put myself in harm's way to push her out of the way, but I would at least yell, hey, bus, move. And I'm not, in my opinion, a great person. Yep. The, um, I've heard, I, you guys might, uh, might have heard this one, might not have. I've well, heard on several occasions. Sorry, yes? Yeah, once you have a sense of, uh, once you make your own value judgments and you have a sense of empathy, um, it's kind of hard to unlearn it in any yeah. situation. Yeah. Because um, instead of comparing um, and projecting, as, as many followers do, you know, you, you learn to, um, you have understanding of what any given situation feels like. Um, once you learn to apply that to, to, to others as a means of survival or be responsible for your own survival, you just can't undo that. You can't, no matter how bad they are, uh, another human, you, you, you can't keep yourself from empathizing in a way. Yeah. I was going to say that, uh, for a while, for a little while, for actually for quite a long time, uh, I've caught clips and shows from the atheist experience of Austin. Uh, for those of you that are not at all familiar with it, great resource, great show that they've been running for a very, very long time. And their their main host is a gentleman by the name of Matt Dillahunty. He is he is a wonderful font of information to just sit back and listen to the way that he runs through various arguments. And there's a piece of that comes up every once in a while about morality and something that he, uh, something that he has said that has really resonated to me. And I think it, it's a piece that's kind of worthwhile here. Morality is subjective we make for ourselves determinations of what is moral and what is not but you have to have an objective stick to measure it by oh no but, not, but hold on hold on but you choose for yourself what that stick is you put a you put a stick in the sand that is your baseline point that's what matters to you Line in the sand. Line in the sand. Whatever. Yeah, stick, stick in the it, sand. It, but 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 really, if it's not subjective, then it's dictate. Ah, wait. So that's, why that's, do we need no, to dictate? Hold on, hold on. A dictate. We can we can because if we make our own value judgments, that's how we we actually judge a dictate. That's how we judge whether the Bible is moral or not. All right. All right. So so here here's here's the point. The the line in the sand. The 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 
milepost that you run that you walk off of everything else from is whatever is your ultimate point of importance and for him morality is based off of the well-being of others and for himself as part of that group yourself that underlying that because i i'd like to argue also that many followers they only have a sense of what's good for their own survival you know this this kind of like care about your fellow human and all this um i'd almost want to say that that they're just they're going through motions like filling a role like obeying orders basically and okay. all in the on the goal of their own well-being okay they don't all... have the sense of of empathy towards the other human and it's just and i'd also like to draw that back again to autonomous thought and autonomous survival oh, oh, it's all linked oh, okay well well enough a point but let me get my point out first before mm. you go ahead and start tra trashing me all right i'm not trashing you anyway i'm actually so his, agreeing with you so his but context point, is important do i have to actually mute your ass now shut yes. up let me get my thing out i'm done anyway. <laughs> so his point was if you want to take your basis of morality as what is going to be for the betterment of people in general and myself as part of that group to benefit as many people and hinder as few people as possible to make more people well and prosperous and fewer people disenfranchised or, or pushed down from all of that that is something that I can now base what I do or what others do against that signpost. For instance, is it a good thing to murder someone? Uh, well, well, that's not good for that person because, well, they're dead. So not murdering somebody would tend to be the better choice are you just talking about education because it's one thing to like like i said before it's one thing to obey an order a model uh quote unquote moral judgment and it's quite another to understand it so like when we're growing up but our parents are going to give us a quote unquote moral lessons or whatever um but if we're autonomous thinkers if we can think for ourselves and we're going to test these things and you know validate them or disqualify them or whatever so basically you're talking about your your yardstick or stick in the sand or line in the sand or whatever is basically the education that we base our and funny enough you've actually helped me move the point along because of exactly what joey had said earlier joey you had said you can't teach morality you can't teach integrity but you can show by example and explain how you determine whether or not you are working in conjunction with or to to that end yes and that, that's a scientific method actually, i would say because this has can, been tried can, and tested until you now you can instill it and you can lead by example but there's nothing it's not like you know upper body strength where you can train by simply re doing reps every day at the gym you can't do that with integrity agreed 
you have to, I mean, yes, your upbringing has a pretty serious effect on your, uh, on your integrity. Now we know, we know that empathy is not a specifically human trait. We've heard on many an occasion, things like rats who will show empathy and sympathy and will free other rats that are in distress, even if they could go ahead and get a treat first, but will instead choose to free another rat and share the treat afterwards. We've, we've seen these biological experiments. Bridget, you, you know, for well, you, we've talked about that before. I have to know that at some points you've, you've seen some of these uh, beho behavioral uh, things in like psychology books or, or something to those effects. No. Mm, yeah. What would you like me to elaborate on? <laughs> Any piece that you can kill time with is fine by me. <laughs> Um, not even looking at books, um, you know, the, empathy is, is a natural trait amongst, uh, you know, humans and animals and all that. But babies? I, well, yeah, babies too. Um, so is fear. It's an interesting question to, to um, this is one we're, we're still trying to determine the line between genetic transition and education. Because, I mean... Um, like empathy in animals. Well, you know, if um, if I was going to write a computer routine uh, where a certain application would have greater success in numbers, um, that would survive until the next generation of it. Yeah, I'm yes. losing myself through the you no know, bad analogy. I'm sorry. No, but, no, um, no. That's it's it's exactly right because a trait that it helps fewer die is going to continue on to the next grouping. And the reason why I specifically bring up rats and babies is because both rats and babies typically do not have their own society to work through. Now, yes, babies do have their parents and what they are starting to learn from all that but you know we've we've got the uh, we've got the examples of um toddlers uh just a few months old uh and, and bridget maybe maybe you might remember this one i i remember from psychology books where babies who are you know a couple months old crawling are put on a tabletop with a piece of glass on top that extends out from it so if they look down, it looks like they're going to fall, but they aren't going to fall. But they just instinctually pull away from that edge, even though there's no way that they could fall. Mm -hmm. We've got a set of, you know, we've got default. Okay, that's where that's where it comes in, because the, the genetic is our quote unquote default reactions to things. Mm -hmm. And that's our childhood. And, you know, we're supposed to transition out of that. Um because when we follow our basic human evolution, we've evolved over millions of years to be, uh, you know, hunting, gathering in small clans and all that. That's, you know, that's, that's how we evolve. So that's our genetic default behavior. But 
since very recently, like 15,000 years, which in an evolutionary scale is absolutely nothing, um, you know, we're living in greater numbers. So we can't adhere to the, the, the quote unquote former model anymore. So we've developed uh, a set of new standards that doesn't necessarily, um, it's actually in conflict with our basic um, genetic programming. Sure. So we have to, we have to grow up in, in other ways. You know, we have to, the education you were talking about before, um, that, that's part of it, you know, learning what our shortcomings are and overcoming them and testing things for ourselves. But that's something that we are actually doing societally. Um, yeah, we don't we have too be. much of it. But religions take this actual ability away from humans, the ability to decide for yourself what's good for your own survival and what's good for others. And they do it all, quote unquote, for you. But, price. but the problem is, as we know full well, and as Bridget will start chuckling about, in the current day and age, the information age, that hold is becoming more and more tenuous every gigabyte of data that's consumed. Because, as they say, you can't stop the signal, Mal. You can't stop the signal. Sooner or later, the education is going to get in because curiosity is one hell of a driving factor. Alternative survival models. That's what triggers the, 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 the transition, uh, seeing other options. It's funny about religion. You have a great point there because religion relies, most religions rely on um, a local clan kind of environment. Being insular. Yeah, I yeah, in, like ins, ins, insular. insular. God, I can't. It's not the wine that's making me not say it. I just can't say the word for some reason. Insular. Shit. Finally, get it out. Thank you. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. Uh, it's a word that I don't normally use, but shit. It's like, you know, I would like to be able to say a right word once in a while. <laughs> now I know how now I know how cash used to feel. Oh god, this is this is callback shit. Anyway, so bring this kind of. I keep forgetting that my clock is over on this side. I have to be looking over here. Okay, so we got we got about half an hour. All right, so the the problem that we've run into is that, as Joseph said, in the equivalent blink of an eye, evolutionarily speaking, we have gone from. Uh, the beginnings of farming and agriculture to <coughs> skyscrapers that well are are completely foreign in everything to anything that we could have even dreamed of back in the day. Not exactly that, but like for example, in in the former hunter gatherer days, you know, like men. Um, like their behavior, basically, well, men are, uh, I'm sorry to say, uh, by default, they have rapey urges. They're, they're, they're like, <laughs> you know, this is why Muslims, they, they, they bag their woman, uh, you know, rather than give men the ability to overcome their own default instincts, um, they would rather remove everything from the equation that would trigger them. 
and it's it's it comes back to self governments but but our default instincts um yeah i'm repeating myself nope that's that's okay you're actually you're actually kind of helped me over to this and there's something over in the live chat i'm going to get to in just a second because it ties into you know you if, mentioned progress in terms of human history yeah which and is where you, i'm going to be going right and if you look at technological progress of humanity uh, acceleration of our technology, both in medical science and industry and every respect that you can think of. And you watch its pro slow progression and its rise and everything else. There's a period in history uh, where it suddenly stopped, went back a little bit, and took a long time to recover from. The Dark Ages. Exactly. And Guess where some people are trying to get us to go back to? Imagine where we could have been today. Back when humans we were manageable. It, imagine where we would be today if we never had the Dark Ages. Oh, that, that one's easy. We'd be in the steampunk era. But that's a whole other thing. Hold on a second. I, I have a thought, kinda... though. Um, just a, a kind of iron, irony. Um and if it was religion that actually prevented humanity from transitioning to AI? Is, is that a question for me? Well, it's not a question. It's just a thought. I mean, you know, the Dark Ages, um, because we would have, uh, with the Enlightenment, look what happened since the Enlightenment, how, how, how quickly uh, oh. human progress has been. Even if we didn't develop AI by now, Maybe we would have developed um, a cure for cancer by now, or maybe with failing a cure for cancer, we were able to sufficiently micro microsize our technology to make nano robots that were sufficiently advanced enough that they could go into the human body and selectively target the cancers without actually needing uh, chemicals that uh, caused us to lose our hair and our lunch and body weight and possible other negative side effects. There, there's so many what ifs that could have potentially been possible by now if we hadn't lost that time in human history. Now, to be fair, uh, to kind of go off of that really quickly, it is possible that we are in that transitory period between we didn't have anything that actually handled cancer to we have nanoshines that take care of that and we're just in the evolutionary technologically speaking transition between those two points we can hope but be that as it may for a second what it uh, what i was trying to get to was that like i said fifteen thousand years from early agriculture to the technological marvel that is magic or would have been completely incomprehensible back in the day and we have at every stage had new layers of information exchange. And as that happens, new pieces come out, newer learning happens, and fewer and fewer tendrils for organized religion start to have happen. I give you really quickly, first off, the first printing press of the Bible in local, uh, in local languages which was uh, a very bad thing. The 95 theses that was hammered onto the door that basically said, hey, 
I'm going to tell you all of why this is all bullshit and why you shouldn't be doing it. And yes, Joey, I'm, I'm specifically thinking of the, the, the video, but that's a whole other thing for later. But over in the live chat, Prancing Doe, which, by the way, thank you for joining us and your thing. Prancing Doe put this, uh, two pieces. One, what is said is how many follow religions that have thou shalt that have you shall not kill sorry yet they killed millions throughout their reigns and still do second part human nature to be greedy and a lot of people put themselves in power using religion as their weapon successfully no less true and that's why earlier i was saying we as a group would not allow someone to come to harm so that we could earn capital in any way, whether it be money or riches or material possessions or creature comforts, let's go ahead and say. Uh, although there are those groups that will say perfectly valid to go ahead and, and have. You're talking, and basically, are... you're talking about living at other people's expense. Yep. And I've got somebody that I know for well is going to go ahead and get Dallin to go ahead and finally chime in and be, oh, all I need is two words. Joel fucking Olstein. <sighs> See, did I call it? Did I call it or not? See, one for me. Right there. I, 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 I don't think I have enough caffeine for this. Oh, you're going to have to. Go ahead, Dallin. <sighs> Olstein is one of many who they specialize. Even even Robes is living off of other people's expense. Any of these people. Um, Jim Baker. Now, I mean, this guy is the living embodiment of, I want to say cognitive dissonance, but of um, just how myopic people can be, myopic people can be. I mean, did not this guy go to jail years and years ago for something? Uh, Jim Baker did. Yeah. Um, and I don't remember if it was fraud or embezzlement. It was something. Yeah, but I mean, people like him or Eric Hovind, who didn't pay his taxes, you know, they're, they, they've been disgraced. They've been shown to be the hypocrites and generally bad people not worthy of being followed Two people who know how to make value judgments for themselves not to yeah. their following they're following um, i'm sorry they don't put two and two together they don't no. and, and same with uh, peter popoff thank you yeah <laughs> <laughs> sorry i was just waiting for him to finally see it because i tempered it sorry yeah for, for those of you uh for those of you listening to the audio version of this uh she was like gesticulating wildly on the camera <laughs> and I'm trying it my best to ignore because I'm like, what the hell is he doing? And then finally he points and I look down at the chat and he's like, yeah, don't forget pop off. Uh, but it goes to my point that there are, there's all these people, they've been publicly disgraced, debunked, defrocked, de everything. But like a cockroach, they keep coming back. Jim Baker is now one of the biggest doomsayer uh, people out there right now selling um I, i'm not sure what it is that he had in that spoon buckets. there but but i'll but tell you this in the bucket yeah but i'll tell you this much if what he was trying there that one time was potato soup i gotta tell you this 
Uh, every potato soup I've had ain't green. I mean, potato and leek, yes, but it wasn't that green. Okay. Um, Joel Osteen, um, you know, Mr. Mr. Megachurch, uh, we had the hurry, you know, there was the hurricane. Oh, well, there was structural damage to the church bullshit. Um, he could have sheltered people, you know, uh, is not the house of the Lord. Everyone's house there, Joel, buddy. Considering that they could probably house uh, a Lakers game in there. Uh, I don't know. Yeah, exactly. Um, Peter Popoff. Uh, this guy got debunked, defrocked, whatever, years ago. Um, now. In the 80s. Yeah. Now, to my defense, what I know of him, I got from a, a YouTuber who's been long silent. A gentleman by the name of DPR Jones, who went after him personally. Now, when I say personally, like he actually contacted his organization he found ways to you know write letters and, and and basically try to you know completely curtail him now did did any of that help no it didn't because he's still on tv still doing his uh magic spirit water stuff you know you get this uh it's about that big um it's a little bit of spring water that's apparently been blessed. And then, you you know, you receive it and then you pay how much you think it is. And it's, of course, the seed. It's it's the con, the seed money con, you know, where, where you'll, you, you pay for In that case, salvation. it's water and not bleach. Well, in either case, the simple fact is the charlatans who, they specialize in fleecing people. And well, I'll, I'll say this much, like as far as P robes goes, um, what he said this time around, I think was to guarantee or help ensure that he'll be able to preserve the fleece friendly society that is prevalent right now, because That's if exactly he, it. because if he rocks the boat too much, and his people become disenchanted and either don't toe the line come the midterms or come the next presidential election. And suddenly, you know, that big chunk of the voter base is gone um, and people start voting Democrat or whatever, um, you know, Trump loses. And suddenly, you know, the, actually the right would start looking at him for saying that he'd be all over Fox News as a traitor. Yeah. And again, like I said earlier, you know, if, if they've been yelling and screaming that, you know, God chose the president, if all of a sudden they suddenly, they turn tail and say, well, uh, we don't want blood money. Well, they can't do that because then, I mean, what the hell was God doing putting this guy into office? Basically everything that comes out of their mouths, you can translate to, this is what you need to do to survive. And the rationale behind it is, what can I tell these people that will make them comfortable enough to provide me some of their money because it'll make them think that they're helping me because I need to be sympathetic to them. But when they give them money, they think they're helping themselves. Yeah, mm -hmm. exactly. Who have we got? Uh, 
uh, Peter Popoff. Uh, Creflo fucking dollar. Oh, like yeah. Shit, shit like this should have no place in a democratic society, as and, far as I'm concerned. And the only reason why is because a properly run democratic society should be properly funding its goddamned education so that this kind of stuff can't have its claws in society. And, you know, I read, I, I heard something earlier this week about uh, education, actually. And the person I'm, I'm referencing here, I won't say their name, but um, it, I found it very convenient how they were able to tie back um, the quality of education in America with the illegal immigrant crisis. It was so six degrees of Kevin Bacon, but I'm not going to, I won't get into that. Wait, wait a minute. Wait, before, before you go past that, are we talking like the same kind of thing where people say that the reason that global warming is up is because the number of pirates on the seven seas is down? Is that the same kind of thing we're talking about? Not quite so, uh, not quite that much of a reach, but um, still kind of far-fetched. I mean, it's, it, it, the guy was definitely trying to play into his own narrative, but one thing he did say, and I, again, coming at it from the outside, I don't know if I can, I'd like to find a way to verify this. He said that classically in America, uh, teaching was considered a secondary thing that women would do um, during the day while, you know, the husband was off doing whatever. So therefore, the profession of teaching was never to be considered a primary source of income. And, and again, I'm just going off of, I'm kind of paraphrasing what this guy said. And if that is the sentiment that most of America is going at, is, is going under saying that, uh, well, you know, teachers are just, you know, that's something a housewife does in the middle of the day. That's very, very telling of why it's so hard to get a few extra bucks to, you know, make your schools better. And yeah. you know, back in the, back in the frontier days. Okay, fine. You know, in education. Okay, fine. You learn your reading, writing, arithmetic. By the time you're out of grade eight and you're able to run, run the tractor or plow the fields. Okay. That's it. You're done. You know, get, get out there and, you know, keep my, keep the family thing going. But the thing is, there's been such a huge paradigm shift. Now, I'm not saying um, a college education is for everybody. You know, not, not everybody needs to be, um, <clears throat> not everybody needs soft skills. You know what I mean? You know, uh, me, I, I am not that physical a person. Um, and it turns out that, uh, I actually had a thing for computers. I was actually able to work with them. So me taking the college route, that was, that was the best move for me. My nephew, um, he's in a trade crane operator. Another person I know, she's in a trade, chef. Um, another guy I know, uh, he's working on his trade, heavy machinery. Uh, I, I can't remember exactly what it's called, but he's working with construction crews right now. He actually helped build a uh, tunnel that uh, reminds me a lot of the big tunnel in Pittsburgh, except over top of it is a runway. He was part of the crew that helped build that thing. Um, Nobody in that crew, I would think, was college educated. So 
but what I'm saying is that while a college degree isn't for everybody, you know, that K to 12 part where you can choose after that, I think it's pretty paramount. And I, and I think it has to be, it has to be taken a hell of a lot more seriously than what it is right now, because if you don't, if you don't teach people here at home how to do stuff, you know, pretty soon America is going to be the most powerful nation, the most consuming nation. And I'd say in one or two more generation, the abs, the, the abject dumbest or stupidest nation on the planet. And that is not something you guys want. You know, no, you're, you're right. I, and I, I, I want to I grab you from that point. <clears throat> um, there's a piece that's kind of important to kind of go along with this one, because uh, forgive me, guys, for, for working it over this way. But there, there are certain pieces that I know about what most of us have gone through. And uh, again, this is another item that Bridget, you're 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 the one that's best suited to kind of go through with this one. When you went through your primary education k through mm-hmm. 12 mm-hmm. um i'm trying to remember most of that was religiously based correct yes okay all of it but six months yes uh, okay so through that time for you for your experience this is what you can remember was the pool of educators mostly female Yes, I had, I had one male teacher that taught half the day when I was in sixth grade. But other than that, all the other teachers were female. And then when I got to high school, we had a chemistry teacher that was male, um, band director who was male, and a literature teacher that was male. All the rest of them were female. I went through a... Uh a residential school district on Long Island. Uh, I'll even name it. I went through West Babylon uh, Union Free School District. I don't think that that's necessarily a good thing, but, you know, whatever. So give you guys an idea. If you want to go ahead and look that up, hey, cool, go go right for it. I went through, it just to prove that I'm not, you know, talking out my ass, I went to South Bay, which unfortunately burned down and then they built back up again, which congratulations, guys. I went to the junior high school and the high school graduated there. In the K through five, which was the grammar school, South Bay School, there were two male teachers. The gym teacher, who was a dick, because he didn't want us to call him by his name. He wanted us all to call him coach. There's a story behind that. There's another thing. And the only other male teacher was a fifth grade teacher. After that, starting at the junior high school level, sixth grade, then and only then did I have a mix of male and female, mostly female, but still come to high school, it seemed to have evened out uh, a bit a bit but then come up to college and that shifted the opposite direction mm-hmm. bridget 
I'm assuming that for you, when you got Most to college, my professors were male. And that's kind of the thing that I really wonder. Because of the disparity in what's the word that I'm looking for? In in salary that still goes on, thank you very much. And the idea that local communities always want to pay less in taxes. And man, what a difference from one side of the border to the other, huh? Well, and the thing about if you go to a religiously based uh, college or university, that's an even bigger disparity because women are not supposed to teach men. Hmm. And so at some of those religious you know, schools, you'll have exclusively male instructors. And preachers. Well, yeah. and preachers. Well, that's why I said evangelical. Huh. Um, because Methodists will now ordain both. Isn't it funny that uh, religion came about, you know, just after the dawn of agriculture? Um, because as far as I'm concerned, um, with the with the advent of agriculture, you know, man lost his um, quote unquote dominant position when he stopped hunting gathering. Well, yeah, because he no longer had to be the breadwinner because the bread was right there. <laughs> yeah. So, like this this entire thing was invented just to keep things the way they were. The yeah. survival model. Yeah. Yeah. Back over on the uh, over in the live chat. Uh, and and by the way, prancing again. Thank you, and and Stephanie for you know chiming in. Prancing is saying, my boyfriend's son graduated high school. Now, don't know where this was in particular. I'm assuming here in the U.S. And I don't want to know anything uh, past a country. I know it's going to make it like really super generalized, but still, again, I'm going with the U.S. because of the the wording that's being used. Boyfriend's son graduated high school with a third grade reading level second grade math skills and his spelling was atrocious okay first off let's let's be perfectly fair spelling in english is friggin insane to the best of my knowledge english is the only language i think that has a spelling contest to find out who can do it best what does that say about the language being that aside for a second it's really screwed up. It, it, is, it is really screwed up. It's a conformation, but, uh, com, uh, conformity contest. Uh, no, no. It's because we have these really weird exceptions and rules to everything. Yeah, and you know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna jump in here really quick because I am a lover of words. Um, I've been trying my hand as a writer for a while, and I'll tell you this much. When it comes to anything that's of remotely a official correspondence or something where you would expect a level of professionalism and communication, there is nothing. And I mean nothing that tweaks my gears more than somebody who can't spell for shit. Especially if you are expected to be a person who is responding to someone via written communication is like it, some business, you know, sends me a, an email stating, you know, some, something official, something that I would have to like basically 
take a copy of it, use it in, you know, some kind of format, uh, as a paper trail or something like that, I would expect that to be properly done. But analyze that. Why, where, where does that ire come from? I mean, is it because people are performing or like for me, for example, when I see that it's basic, it's a, it's a lack of empathy, actually a people, somebody who just doesn't give a shit about what other people think. Oh, I can, I can answer this one. It's annoyance that why the hell couldn't you be taking the extra time to go ahead and say all this without understanding that unfortunately it may not be laziness on the other person's part so much as they were failed by a system that shouldn't have failed them in the first place and we can't accept that because that's not the way that it's supposed to be well let's let's look at it this way because i mean like a language is a common agreement basically and when somebody goes through like a common agreement, it means if I say this thing, this is what I mean. Uh, this means X, like it's almost like a definition of terms. So when somebody misspells things or whatever, they, 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 they're, they're like, they're paying no heed to this agreement. Basically they're, they're reneging in a way. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I, I typed it in our, on our chat. I, I should really just go ahead and say it out loud. Uh, Dallin, forgive me for uh, jumping in on top of you on that one, even though it was kind of posted over your way. Uh, I'm sorry. Uh, the reason is that uh, I, I, was, I was reading over uh, what was additionally put, and I know that we're kind of running up on having close up for time in a, in a couple of moments. Uh, but uh, Prancing had uh, had had said, uh, for one thing, uh, I gave up in sixth grade. That in and of itself, for me as somebody who wanted to be a teacher, mm -hmm. wanted to be a teacher, um, that 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 hurts my heart. Yeah, because somebody at that age who has been uh, dejected enough that they just want to just not even bother anymore. Mm -hmm. Th that's not the way it's supposed to be, but um, prancing and prancing had also um, said, sadly, no one can help him now. His girlfriend found him dead on the couch about four years ago from an overdose. Ugh. I. After hearing what, how the educational system failed him, and in this case, you, so, uh, also, um, I cannot tell you how much that hurts. Yeah. I, I, I honestly can't. Because we who are of the, we who are older, who are bringing up the next generation, next generations, there's supposed to be a social contract where we're supposed to help you to learn to be the people to replace us, to, to, to know and understand this. I'm, I'm going gonna, gonna to throw it over to you guys at this point because I don't think that I should be talking at the moment. Yeah. No, I'm... I didn't mean to come down hard like that. It's just that um, 
to me, when I see somewhat, you know, lackluster quality, uh, like, especially from someone who is in a, in an employment position where, you know, this kind of stuff is, is expected, uh, to me, it just, it, it just kills the credibility of what I'm hearing. Like, um, Oh, this, this got me. I was reading a correspondence between two people and it was all over email and one was basically being told that they were no longer going to be part of something. And the email, uh, there was one word, courtesy, was misspelled to curtsy. Now, the recipient of said email managed to get past it. But all I can think of there is you're destroying somebody's career and you don't have the common decency to spell check um, the fact that you're destroying this person's life. How dare you? And I know I'm not the only one that, that feels that way. And if the education system continues to fail people, and what's really bad is, and, man, I was going through this in the car a little while ago. You were talking, Shujin, about, you know, you're bringing up the next generation. And I once thought that, you know, it should be a parent's duty to raise that child, but it's not a duty. It's not even an obligation. It's an honor. It's an honor that's been bestowed upon people who have been blessed, not in the Christian sense, but blessed to be able to have a child or children. It's like, how can you not, how can you not look at that child and go, I want the best for them. I want to give them as much as I can so that let me be the, the booster. Let, let me be stage one of the rocket that propels them to their destiny. How can you not want that? You know, but um, yeah, I I lament sort of the failing education system. Like, and we're starting to see it up here too. Um, the Catholic system, we have a Catholic school system up here uh, that is partially funded by non-Catholic tax dollars. Big, big fight going on with that right now. Um, but unfortunately, a lot of the religious schools, Bridget, you can probably back me up on this one. Um, they've got the money to pay the teachers better so they could get theoretically the better, the better quality educators. Is that a reasonable thing to say? Um, well, the teachers are not paid very well at all in religious schools. I know most of the ones that we had when I was growing up were so poor that, you know, they would wear the same pair of pants day after day after day because they couldn't afford to buy new ones. Um, okay. Yeah. Well, that, that kind of blows my hypothesis out of the water. Yeah. Um, I mean, they might spend more money on athletic programs or nice gymnasiums or something like that. But as far as like paying the teachers better, no. No. So teachers are not getting the money. So, but, but still better facilities, which, um, yeah. 
wasn't there something about that once, you know, the, uh, the road to hell is paved with gold or something like that. It's you, you ever notice that for a, for a religion that says, you know, you, you have to suffer to, to be saved and you shouldn't have all the good things in life because it's all waiting for you in heaven. And yet here they are, you know, rolling yeah. out the, you know, r- rolling out all the high tech stuff to tempt people to go to that school or that church. You know, it's, um, the, the marketing department is doing the exact opposite of what the Bible says. So I think it goes a lot to what, uh, what Joseph was saying. It's, you know, it's the, the, the Bible, the books are the accessories. Yeah. It's about the person. It's about the community that's being created. It's, it's funny because it, you know, it's one thing to impose, um, a quote unquote survival model, like to, to have it, to be the center. You, you can be, um, what's the expression in, in English? God, I'm losing my English. Um, mm. a, a benevolent uh, dictatorship. Yeah. You know, but that kind of system is always prone to abuse. So in the end, um, like most of what we've seen through history, this kind of system, although when it begins, it may be well-intentioned, at the end, it's serving the benefit of only the leaders, the people organizing it. Yeah. Yeah, and by the way, uh, seeing as how we're getting uh, really close on to finishing yeah. off at this point, I've just got a <coughs> couple last items for uh, folks. Uh, Bridget, Joey, then uh, Tech, we'll go ahead and give you guys a last couple of seconds. So Bridget, any last thoughts? Mm, not really, just <laughs> I don't know what the hell's going to happen after this election. I hope that these evil GOP people that are greedy mofos get out of office, but I don't see it happening. I guess we'll see what happens on that angle. Uh, Joey, uh, last item for you. Well, um, I, I just, I don't know. I There's a reason why I stopped watching the news. I stopped looking up the news. I just, wow. Yeah, me too. I want off this timeline. This timeline sucks. Yeah. Somebody stop the planet. I want to get off. <laughs> Let's not talk about timelines. The last video that I uploaded for something has got a whole bunch of things with time traveling. You know, I used to be able to, better. you know, Joseph stole my line. Joseph, I used to be able to say that in German. Stop the world, I'd like to get off. <laughs> Worst case scenario, I'm sure we can find a Firefly equivalent for you. Tech? Oh, no, 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 no. <laughs> All right. This message goes out to every American who, at one point or another in their life, decided, hey, I'm going to make a statement. I'm not going to vote. I'm going to tell you exactly what the hell that statement Forget the one that you felt you were going to make. I'll tell you exactly what that statement does make, not voting. When you choose not to vote because you want to state that you don't support either of the candidates, what's actually happening is you not voting gives everybody else power over you, whether you like it or not, because you chose not to vote. 
Therefore, to anyone out there who chooses again to not vote, I don't want to hear another fucking word out of you people. You people piss me the hell off. For the record, according to the last uh, election, that would be half of the eligible voters. Mm-hmm. Screw them. That's incredible. It is. I still remember my altercation with uh, Andrew Torres when you had him on the show, but um, you know, he said that uh, he attributed everything to the non-voters, and I attributed everything to the evangelicals that came out in droves to vote for Trump. They, you know, following orders. But it, it's 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 no individual thing. It's a mix of everything, and we have to consider consider it all. I mean. Well, hey. it just pisses me off that about 18% of the electorate is making the decisions. Yeah. The, 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 it, you know, Barack Obama, former President Barack Obama, actually put out a video who, and he addressed a couple things. Now, some of you listening may not like the guy. Like him or not, he said a couple really uh, obvious things. And that is, um, you know, if you don't know who to vote for, Use Google. Go on to Google. Look up your voting area. Look who's running. Look what their platform is. Do you agree with their platform? No. Fine. Don't vote for them. Do you agree with another person's platform? No. Then don't vote for them. Do you see one that you do agree with? Yeah. Vote for that one. Yeah. And um, Dallin and Joseph, uh, you guys have just had to a little bit of time just before I went ahead and, and said it. So you'll forgive me if I call you guys uh, for, for that part at this point, only because we're kind of running out of time. We're running a little bit on the late side. I'm just going to say this. Um, those that have been, those that are currently in power who are making the decision that a hundred billion dollars in blood money in order to shed more blood you want to do something with that money that's worthwhile? You want to play the long game so that you can get to this point? Fine. Here's what our long game should be. Use that money and more into primary education. Put it into teaching kids and the young adults so that they can understand and evaluate for themselves how to understand what's going on around them, how to critically question what's being told to them, what they're seeing, what's being reported. Allow the kids, the younger generation, to learn for their own selves so that by the time they are the ones who are pressing the lever, who are making the marks on their ballots, on their ballots, for their vote when it comes time for that generation to have a say in what goes on, then they can do the right thing and they can take everybody that's been holding them down and holding them back and throw them the hell out. And you know what? That's probably going to be the scariest thing in the world because all these voting districts that are being shut down, all these places where people need to have an ID to vote that are being shut down, 
you want to go ahead and lie and cheat and steal an election, you can only do that for so long. Because as the flying spaghetti monster is my witness in the information age, as somebody once put it, and Henri no Tech will laugh, all is known. <laughs> Sooner or later, all is known. And when that happens, you damn well better be sure that you've got yourself a cushy amount of money that you can fall back on. Because sure as shit, you ain't going to be working in public office again if they've got any say in it. And I, for one, will welcome our younger, better educated, critically thinking, well-spoken and hopefully well-adjusted younger generation. Because God damn it, they deserve it. As always, everybody, thank you very much for being with us. We hope that you found something worthwhile in all of our perspectives and have something worthwhile to think about for yourselves. I've said it on many occasions. I try to pride myself on being professional. There are times when the stuff just gets the better of me and there's not a hell of a lot I can do about it. Oh, well. So let me go ahead and thank you all for being with me tonight. Joseph, thank you very much for your time this morning. You have a good and please stay safe out there. Huh? Oh, yeah. Uh, I'm not going out today, so... <laughs> I'll try to avoid any home accidents. <laughs> I know a lot of us would greatly appreciate that, myself included. You take all care take yourself. care. Yeah, you too, sir. Thank you. Under no tech, you take care of yourself. Rest well, man, because it sounds like you're pretty close to falling asleep. Oh, I'm getting there. You guys have a good rest, too. Thank you, man. Joey, thank it's, you very uh, much for your time. You have yourself a restful rest of your morning. Uh is what it is, but I do my best. Appreciate it. Bridget, also, thank you very much for your time. You have yourself a good morning. <coughs> plug all your stuff, eh? Uh, sure. If you want to throw me a friend request, look me up on Facebook, Bridget Fitch. And I'm still trying to get my blog working. I'm having problems with WordPress, but uh, my blog is at BridgetFitch2112.wordpress.com. And normally I'd say goodnight for a heretic woman who's not here. She's, of course, sleeping. But if you want to check up on her, you can check out uh, beyondthetrailerpark.com or over on Facebook at AOABTTP, Atheist on Air, Beyond the Trailer Park. Uh, they are typically on tomorrow, meaning Monday, and you can get all the information from over there or just knock on her Facebook page and just say, um, the fuck are you? It's, it's two for the night, at least. Yeah, I, I can tell you it's at 7.30 Eastern time. I have no idea what she and Morgan and Beth are going to talk about. But anyway, that's when you can catch it. Let's see what we can do about that. And, of course, Dallin, thank you very, very much for your time. You uh, try to stay uh, warm indoors <laughs> tonight, this morning. The temperature's actually been pretty cooperative around here lately. So um, hopefully it'll stay the stay the rest of the week. I've got some company coming in, so... Uh, yeah, uh, hopefully this time it won't be, you know, all rainy and cold and crap. 
so that uh, maybe we can actually, you know, go out and do stuff. Um, of course, I am the steward of the audio version of this show. You can find over at holycrapthevlogcast.com. And uh, once in a while, I'll come up with, you know, I'll have those eureka moments that I want to start typing madly and crazy. Uh, you can catch that stuff over at inthewind.yl5.ca. Appreciate it, man. As I mentioned, all the contact information that you'll need for us and uh, all the links for social stuff are, again, over at holycrapthevlogcast.com. If you would like to uh, subscribe, the link is over on the left side for that. Uh, you might need to be real careful about what you click on the WordPress layout for that. It's a little on the weird side. Sorry, you'll see what I mean when you go looking at it. Uh, long story from over there. But if you'd like to leave a voicemail message for us, you can do that at 859-HCTV-554. 859-4288-554. I'm pretty sure I've gotten a couple of um, what should have been voice messages over there that I'm pretty sure were robocalls. <laughs> so, yeah. Nice going, guys. Whatever. And, of course, if you'd like to drop us uh, a little bit of uh, monetary support, feel free. Patreon.com slash HCTV because I got super lucky on getting that one. Be that as it may. For any of you that might be students, especially for those of you that might be humanities students, philosophy students, I know that we covered a lot of ground that's not specifically about the topic, but gave a lot of color to how we feel and what we think of the whole topic in general. If you've got something that you would like to let us know about or you'd like to chime in, please, over on the YouTube page, send an email voicemail something because this is one of those times i would really really like to hear from somebody who is maybe in politics maybe in government affairs maybe as a student who's got a piece that they want us to kind of know about on this but regardless really do hope that you continue your education as far as you possibly can with as much as you can get out of it our best hopes for you. So we will end up seeing you guys, of course, next week. You take very good care of yourselves. Please be safe. And especially here in the uh, English-speaking areas, because Halloween is coming up at the end of the month, please, this is the time of year I remind you, if you are driving at night, please be exceptionally careful if you're coming to a highway overpass. If you see some folks, please be attentive this is the time of the season when kids love to go pumpkin chucking into traffic. It can be lethal. It has been lethal. So please be aware. If you are driving over one of these overpasses and you see something a little weird, please get in touch with the local constabulatory and have them check it out because there's nothing wrong with being safe that way. Please be careful. So until the next time we get together, everybody, please be safe. I as always wish you the peace I no longer have. I wish you the strength that I've learned. I wish you well. And of course, for my lady, as always, 13 plus years on, I am still in love. But in the future, I love you and miss you. Dream of me. Until the next time we get together, everyone, as always, good night. You've been listening to Holy Crap, the Vlogcast. Feel free to leave a comment on the show's website at holycrapthevlogcast.com, where you'll also find links 
to our Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, and Google Plus pages. Theme music provided by Kevin McLeod at Incompetech.com. On behalf of all of us here, thank you for listening.